Greece and his delegation, um, as well as the representations from the from the Magistrates Commission. Um, our members, uh, we're holding this meeting also in view of the fact that the National Assembly is having a sitting at four, at 1400 hours. Um, so our intention is to try and finish this meeting at, um, within two hours or, or less. Um, in terms of the program, uh, the third item, which is the adoption of minutes, will be deferred uh, so that we're able to deal with the two items that are presently on the on the program. Um, so today we will be receiving a presentation um, and we would deliberate on the extradition and mutual legal assistance in criminal matters treaties between the Republic of South Africa and Mexico. Uh, these treaties fall within the ambit of international agreements envisaged by Section 231, Subsection 2 of the Constitution which requires the approval of both Houses of Parliament for ratification uh, in order to bind the Republic. Um, we will then, in terms of the second agenda item, we'll also receive a briefing from the Magistrates Commission on the provisional suspension of Magist Magistrate Mkhanzi. Um, and this is required by Section 13, subsection 3B of the Magistrates Act. Um, in terms of procedure, it is expected that both Houses of Parliament are required to pass a resolution whether or not the provisional, provisional suspension is confirmed or not. Uh, in terms of today's briefing, we will receive the presentations uh, and members will be allowed to engage these presentations today. Uh, but in terms of taking any further deliberations and taking any decisions on these matters, um, both committees will deal with these issues separately, uh, and I think both our meetings are actually scheduled uh, for Friday. Uh, that's just in terms of procedure, procedure honourable members. Uh, with regard to to the first item um, in relation to the to the two treaties, um, we'll hand over to to the department, uh, deputy minister. Uh, we, we would give you at least 20 minutes to, to make your presentation on the two treaties. Honourable members, thereafter, we'll allow all members, if they do have questions, uh, to, to ask their questions. So I'll request you all to register your name. Um, and after responses, we will then probably do a follow-up. But just, just so that we also save time and um, if members can be concise in terms of the questions they're asking, uh, we'll allow you two minutes as well to, to, to raise your questions. Um, our members, without further waste of time, let me hand over to the Deputy Minister uh, to deal with the first presentation on the two, on the two agreements, um, the two treaties. Uh, Deputy Minister, if I can hand over uh, to you. Chair, thanks very much. Um, uh, this is in fact the second uh, treaty that, uh, or extradition and mutual legal assistance that the committees have, have dealt with, Parliament have dealt with. Um, uh, you did the uh, Bangladeshi one earlier. So I trust everybody is familiar with the fact that um, they are, they make things easier, uh, extradition to extradite somebody, mutual legal assistance to get a cooperation in an investigation. Uh, if you don't have a treaty, uh, then uh, there's the Extradition Act, which applies, and the president uh, has to authorize the extradition, whereas if there is a treaty, it's the Minister of Justice. And there's a Mutual Legal Assistance Act of, of sorts, uh, which, which deals with, with um, 
exchanges of information uh, when you don't have either of those. So that's the general background. Uh, I would want to then hand over to uh, Mr. Van Heerden, who would do the briefing. There is a slide uh, presentation, which I don't know if that was was sent uh, to all the members, uh, but can I hand over to Mr. Van Heerden? Uh, thank you, thank you, Deputy Minister. Thank you, coaches. Can you hear me? Can you yes. hear me? Yes, we can uh, hear you. Okay. Good. Good morning. Good morning, coaches, Deputy Minister, honourable members. Um, yes, as the Deputy Minister indicated, we presented the treaty. I think during February this year. The treaties with, with, with the United Mexican States are almost the same. Here and there, there's a slight something different. Once again, I would um, just, due to the technical nature of the majority of the articles, I'm just going to focus on the most important articles. And then also, just to give you a back, background on how we got to this point where we submit to Parliament for ratification. If we look at, at the background, um, the treaties were already negotiated during 2002. President Zuma authorized to sign the treaties on behalf of yes. Uh, um, I'm sorry to interject, you but me? your signal is not too good. Uh, so we miss out some yeah, of what you said. I think it's. Can I propose that uh, either you yeah. move or you switch off your camera? Mr. Okay, let's see, switch off the camera. Okay. Is, there, is that better? Yes, it is. Please go ahead. Uh, okay, just to, to, or just to indicate again, the treaties were negotiated during 2012, former President Zuma then authorized Minister Khadebe to sign on behalf of the government. The treaties were then during 2014 submitted to the former minister for submission to parliament for ratification. But for some reason, it seems that the treaties never reached parliament. After various inquiries, um, we were that we must resubmit mission. We received information that there was a change of government in Mexico, and there's a possibility that they might request that we effect certain amendments to the treaty negotiated. So we've requested Derco to consult with the Mexican authorities to determine what's the status of the agreement and whether any amendments would be necessary. And then during November 2019, we have received a communication from Derco that no further amendments would be necessary or that no amendments would be necessary and we can proceed with ratification process. And thereafter then we've requested um, the minister to submit the treaties to Parliament. That's just on the background. I think as the Deputy Minister already can 
extradite and we can provide assistance even in the absence of treaties. Our legislation makes provision. So the question is actually why the need for treaties? Very, very briefly, with Latin America, we've identified drug trafficking as a big problem. And the only intention was that the treaty with Mexico will assist to fight drug trafficking specifically. Maybe I can also just mention for interest sake that we had a treaty with, with Mexico dating back to 1886. It was signed on September 1886. And that was when, uh, when South Africa was still a British colony. And those treaties are still need that we now get a new treaty in place. One of the reasons, and then the treaty then also makes it easy for the requesting state to know exactly what information is needed for successful uh, processing of. Then lastly, normally where, especially with where language is an issue, you Mr. Van Yerven. Translation is so bad that you yes. Mr. Van Yerven. Oh, um, I hope it's not just myself who's having a problem. Mm. Um, are you able to move to a better signal? I'm in my office. I'm, my laptop is to the network point, so I can't really move in the office. Okay, you're sounding better. You may Can continue. You Yes. Okay. The other the other benefit of a treaty is then also that we can reduce invalid requests. So that was that was the main reason why we decided to to conclude these treaties with Mexico. Then I will move on to to the and I'm just going to highlight the the most important articles, and I will immediately start with Article 2, extraditable offences, and that would be then um, where the offence in both, in both states, so there's a requirement of dual criminality, it must be offence in both states, and the punishable, or which is... Offense is, must then be for a period of, well, let me let me put it this way, an extraditable offense is an offense which is punishable under the laws of both states by provision of liberty for a period of at least one year or more. So the sentence must, must be at least one year or longer. The request for extradition relates the deprivation of liberty by a court of the requesting for an extraditable offence. Extradition shall be granted if the period of imprisonment that must last six months or longer. Um, and then offence will be an extraditable offence whether or not the laws of the states place the offence within the same category or describe offences described by the same terminology. And then offence of a physical character um, relate 
including customs duties, exchange control, despite the fact that the requested state does not impose the same kind of taxes or duties. If we look at Article 3, that, that's for mandatory ground for refusal. We say a political offence can never be an extraditable offence. And that uh, political offence does not include or a member of his family. Um, where the prosecution is based on that person's race, religion, national, ethnic, language, political opinion, and a number of other um, other. Um, let me just yeah. Can you hear me now? Can you hear, we can hear me? Hear but not very clearly. Um, but please, if you, you've got about... Uh, so where, where? About, hello, Mr. Van Yeren, you've got at least about 10 minutes to finish your presentation. Okay. And then... Deputy Minister, I'm not sure if you can assist That's also us, mandatory uh, ground. We will... Um, I'm, I'm not, I, I mean, Mr. Finneden is in, I'm, I'm not sure where he is, uh, whether he's in the office in Pretoria, but I'm not there. Uh, Mr. Finneden, can you not, Mr. Finneden? Yeah. Um, your line is very bad. Can you not find a better yes. place, place where there's better reception? I don't know how long that will take you, because the one issue, Chair, may be to proceed with the Magistrates Commission because they're in a different yeah. venue. Uh, and allow Mr. Finneden time to uh, to try and get a better connection. Then, yes, I can do that, but then it would just mean that I will have to move to Salu, perhaps to the DG's office, and that's okay. going to take me a five, ten minutes. We'll Where you are now is a little bit better. Is it better now? Yeah. Mm. Maybe you shouldn't move a lot, Mr. Farniyatun, when you speak. Um, but yeah, please go ahead. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, then where prosecution is bought by prescription under the laws of the requesting state. Military offences, which is not also a criminal offence, cannot be extradited. And then where a person has been acquitted or convicted in the requested state, for the same offence for which extradition is requested. Then there's a provision in Article 4, once again, that takes care of the death penalty, where we say where the death penalty is we will not extradite unless sufficient assurances are given that the death penalty will not be imposed, or if imposed, will not be carried out. Nationality. Article 5, shall not be refused on the, on the grounds of the nationality of a person. Um, under Article 6, we make provision for discretionary grounds for refusal. Um, the requested state has jurisdiction to prosecute, so where the requested state can prosecute, we can, we, we can decide not to extradite. Humanitarian grounds where the person sought is old or, or there's medical grounds um, 
physical ability to, to be extradited. And then Article 17, we're looking at the rule of specialty. And they would just say the person shall not be prosecuted, sentenced, detained, or re-extradited to a third state um, for any offense other the, than the offense for which the extradition was requested. So he can only be prosecuted for the offense for which we've extradited him. Article 10, expenses. When we receive requests, we must do everything necessary to pro or to execute the request in South Africa, and then that the requesting state will be responsible for the transfer of the person to the requesting state and any other where there's specific um, extraordinary uh, expenses for the for the extradition. Article 24. We're talking about when will it enter into force? It's subject to ratification. Instrument, instruments of ratification will be exchanged, and 30 days after the exchange, the treaty will enter into force. Um, we also make provision for amendment, and then also for termination. Then I'm going to move to the Mutual Legal Assistance Treaty, um, Article 1 scope of application there we just say the treaty provides for various forms of assistance and then we name what what we can do but there's also a provision to say any form of assistance is possible as long as it as long as it's not in conflict with the domestic law of the requested state so we can do anything they ask us as long as it's not in conflict with our domestic law and maybe also just to mention that deal criminality is not a requirement under under mutual legal assistance. Article two, execution of requests. We should execute a request promptly in accordance with our law of the requested state. The request shall not be refused on the grounds of bank secrecy. Um, and then Article 5 talks to refusal or postponement of assistance, where we say, although various grounds for refusal exist, the requested state may refuse assistance if the execution of the request would not impair its sovereignty, security, public order, or other essential public interests. And then we may also set conditions for the execution of the request. Proceeds of crime, we can, we can uh, sell upon where there's a request, we can, we can seize the proceeds of crime, and the proceeds shall then be shared between the, the requesting and the requested party on a 50-50 basis. Expenses, once again, um, the requested state shall bear all expenses relating to the execution of the request, the requesting state shall pay fees for experts, translation, transcription, allowances, and expenses to travel. Um, and then also in the event of extraordinary expenses, the two states shall consult. And that, 
It's uh, the, the entry into force is exactly the same in the mutual legal assistance as with the uh, extradition treaty, and that's where I'm going to stop for then. No, thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Van Yerden. Deputy Minister, do you, do you want to have a final say? <coughs> uh, Chair, no, I've got nothing more to say. Okay. No, th thank you, uh, Deputy Minister and Mr. Van Yerden. All members, uh, if we can engage with this presentation, um, are you able to indicate in the chat group or raise your hand uh, that you wish to, to ask a question? Our members? I think in the chat group, we only have uh, Honorable M, who has a question. Uh, I think it's me, Co-Chair. Uh, okay, thanks. Uh, thank you, Chairperson. I only have one question. Uh, before you ask the question, Honorable Montego Jerry. Honorable Jenkins. Honorable Jenkins, could you please mute your mic? Honorable Janky. Chairperson, uh, I also have questions. Thank you, Honorable Matsumai. Any other member? There's, there's nothing indicating the chat group no have members raise their hands. I take it that there are only two questions, Honorable members. I think, as I indicated before, we'll take all questions now, um, and then we'll only allow for follow-up. So I, I've noted only two people who want to ask a question, so I'm going to go with the two. Uh, unless there's somebody else who has the difficulty in terms of the raising their hand or using the chat group. Can you indicate if you have a question now? Because I won't come back to this process. Honourable members? Okay, so we only have two people who have raised their hands. Honourable Maseko, Maseko Jele, if you can go first, and followed by Honourable Motsamai. Ma'am? Okay. okay, thank you, Co-Chair. My question is only one. Uh, when I was reading this document, and also when uh, Mr. Van Heerden was, 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 was presenting, uh, we, I noted that the, the document was supposed to go long ago before this committee to Parliament, but there were some delays. So maybe if, if we can know exactly what was happening, what caused those delays, are we not going to have those delays in future? Uh, whoever, if there was a person who was responsible for that, was it was there anything happened? Because for, for me, culture, I see just an embarrassment uh, for for South Africa. South Africa was very much embarrassed because we had to go back to Mexico, and the the, the from from the presentation, the government changed. Now we go back and find out if maybe there's still anything that they would want to change or whatever. Can we find out exactly who was responsible for sitting on this document, if it was a person? Uh, so that, and, uh, and my question is that, uh, is anything maybe happened to that person? Because we don't want such issues going forward. Thank you, Chairperson. Uh, thank you, Matt. Honorable uh, Matsumai? Honorable Matsumai? Thanks, Chairperson. I would like to ask the deputy uh, minister. Uh, the, 
I would like to know when is his department is going to suspend people who were involved in a corruption of Bosasa? Uh, there are officials that are being. Uh, can you? Yes. We're dealing with the, the treaties, the two treaties. Uh, do you have a question in relation to the treaties? I hear someone calling order. Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. thank you. I'm ruling him out of order as well. Okay, I take it you don't have a question in relation to the two treaties. Um, let me hand, then hand over to uh, the Deputy Minister to respond to the one question. Uh, Chair, thanks. I think if Mr. Van Heerden can, can respond to it, please. Uh, thank you, DM. Yes, certainly. Um, maybe just to indicate, we've submitted, as I've indicated, after, after the treaties were signed, we've made a submission to the minister. Every, all the documents were signed, all the documents for parliament was in the cover of the memo. We received the memorandum back without the documents. So we were under the impression that the documents were submitted to parliament for the necessary processes. And then we realized after a few months that nothing is happening. And we started inquiring whether the documents, because the documents went through ministry and it never reached parliament. And I think after the minister, the former minister, that was still Mr. Khadebe, when he left, we once again made inquiries. And then we, was, we were requested to submit new documents. So I can't really give an explanation of the, I've got the memo back in my office without any documents. So we don't know what happened with the documents from 823 firearms uh, with the ammunition 46. I mean, Mexico. Is somebody in two meetings? Um, it would appear. Okay, um, Mr. Van Yerden, please. Mr. Van Yerden, we can hear you. Um, okay, maybe just to indicate that Mexico also only ratified the treaties during June last year. So it's not that they are waiting, I mean, it's almost a year later, but it's not that they're waiting for us from 2014. Okay, uh, thank you, Mr. Van Yerden. Uh, Deputy Minister, do you want to add to that or? Are you comfortable with the response? Well, look, obviously the delay is is problematic, um, and uh, yeah, we will we will go into it more and, and ensure that there are better systems in in place. Sure. Yeah, thank you, uh, Deputy Minister. Um, do you have a follow-up? Yes, Chair. It's not. Uh, no, I'm happy. I'm happy. Uh, the Deputy uh, Minister will will handle that. Thank you. Thank you. I'm okay. Okay, there's a, there's a number. There's someone making noise in the background. Could you tell me, everybody, please mute your mic? Thank you. Uh, Onward, Nita, you want to ask a question? Onward, Nita? Okay. 
I wanted to make a follow up uh, to okay. the of the minister chair that okay. I, I agree with him I hundred percent that the response that were given by the presenter is not satisfactory chair uh, it, it it gives you an indication that the department doesn't have a system of tracking their treaties if he's saying to us they did everything only to realize that it was not taken to parliament. It's true that we really need to get a full response to that without delaying the treaty itself. But in terms of making sure that this thing doesn't repeat itself. Thanks, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Nita. Um, can I request IT to deal with these rogue elements that keep turning on them? And uh, I'm not sure what is going on. Um, Deputy Minister, uh, there's that comment from Albert Nita. Uh, no, I, I what see... I'd like to say is, is uh, uh, noted, uh, we, will, we will follow up and, and try and ensure that there are better systems. Um, I see Honourable No, can we remove these people that keep unmuting their mics for absolutely no reason? All members, please mute your mics. Um, and I, I don't think we can take any more interruptions in this meeting. Um, Honorable Zanamela, I okay, I you you lowered your hand. It's okay. Thank you, honourable members. Honourable members, I think uh, before we dispense of this item, well, I see your hand raised again. Honourable Zanamela, do you have a question? Uh, the reason I'm allowing it, or I may allow it, is because there have been very few questions on in terms of this treaty. Honourable Zanamela, can you clarify why you're raising your hand? No, thanks, Chair. I just wanted to check. I know it was raised by one of the honourable members earlier on. Uh, why was it not taken to Parliament? I mean, we, we, we didn't get a clear answer. You know, if maybe you can uh, be, be, if you can be assisted just there. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Honorable Minister, Deputy Minister. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure how to respond. I mean, Mr. Van Heerden did, uh, did give an explanation. I'm personally not aware of, of any of this. Um, and have said we will we will investigate, but uh, I don't know if Mr. Van Eden can can maybe clarify again. Maybe Deputy Minister, you did indicate that you you, you will go back and investigate and look into the matter. Uh, perhaps this is something we can even engage with you further uh, in future yeah. in relation to treaties. Um, I don't want to go back to to Mr. Van Yerten because of uh, the quality of his uh, and perhaps yeah, in future. Yeah. Yes, Chairperson. It was very difficult to hear what Mr. Van uh, Yerden is saying. You know, that hence our uh, my question. I thought maybe the the minister, uh, the deputy minister, actually uh, had uh, a response uh, to that. You know, thanks. Well, he uh, but, uh, Van Erden can assist us, maybe, I don't know. 
Oh, no, thank you. I, I think uh, the Deputy Minister did indicate that they will look deeper into this matter and uh, perhaps as we continue engagements uh, on, on the treaties, uh, we would at that point also get a, a response from the Minister in terms of what, what actually went wrong and how, what, what kind of systems they're going to put in place to ensure that uh, this doesn't actually happen again. Um, on members, I think uh, it will also be important to mention that um, in terms of diplomatic relations between South Africa and Mexico, which were established in terms of the new dispensation uh, on the 27th of October uh, 1993, uh, the bilateral relations between South Africa and Mexico have been good and the two countries have been working closely over, the two year, over, over these years. And this year, 2020 marks 26 years since the establishment of bilateral dipl diplomatic relations between the two countries. Um, and clearly these uh, treaties uh, will improve the in effectiveness of law enforcement uh, authorities of both countries in investigation, prosecution, and prevention of crime through cooperation and mutual legal assistance in criminal matters. And I'm sure that uh, in the next meeting, when we, we deal with the, the decisions of the committee, uh, we'll note that these treaties will strengthen the fight in all forms of international crimes, as well as strengthen relations between South Africa and Mexico. Um, and I think with that, uh, Deputy Minister, let me thank you and Mr. Van Yerten for your presentation. Um, yeah, and, and we'll, honorable members, I think we should move on to the next issue, the briefing by the Magistrates Commission. Uh, Deputy Minister, uh, yeah, thank you on that one. Let me then hand over to the the, the Magistrates Commission to deal with the the issue of um, Magistrate Mukanzi. Deputy Deputy Minister, did you need to say something? Uh, no, I, I mean I, I saw it was Mr. Mohammed and uh, or the Secretary of the Commission, and I saw Mr. Mayor was also I think in the meeting, so it would be between them to work out who's going to to present. I think it's usually Mr. Mayor, but I'm I'm not sure. Yes, okay, good morning, Honourable Chairperson. It's Advocate Musa. Okay, thank oh, you, Musa. Sorry, I didn't see you. Yes, no, I I didn't see you. Okay, sorry. Yeah. The chair of the the ethics committee is 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 here. Uh, so, uh, chair, can he can he present? We'll start the presentation. Thank yeah, you, Honourable. Um, Advocate Musa, you have twenty minutes to. And I hope you wouldn't take that much time uh, oh, to make your presentation. Thank you. Uh, Honourable Chair, Honourable Members, this is the report on the provisional suspension of the Magistrate, Mr. Altim Kansi, who is the Regional Magistrate in Bloemfontein. Uh, Honourable Members, you will recall and remember that the purpose of this report is to inform Parliament of the provision, provisional suspension of Mr. Altim Kansi pending the outcome of an investigation into his fitness to hold office as a magistrate as required by section 13.3b of the Magistrates Act 90 of 1993. Um, the background of the matter is very simply that Mr. Mkansi is a regional magistrate, 49 years old, and he was appointed as a regional magistrate on the 1st of December 2013. The misconduct charges that have been preferred against Mr. Mkansi relates to Prima Faki evidence that he, during the period 28 March 2017 and 04 May 2018, on numerous occasions communicated on his cellular telephone with an accused person 
who appeared before him in the criminal courts on 20, 24 counts of fraud. And how the, the evidence, in fact, came out in this particular matter was as a result of the South African Police Services investigating the telephone records, the cellular mobile phone records of the accused person in the course of its investigation. And during this, this investigation, it stumbled upon the numerous telephone calls that were made between Mr. Mkansi and the accused person. Initially, when the matter was placed before the Ethics Committee by the Ethics Division, the Ethics Division uh, recommended that the matter not be pursued because it was only one single count of a telephone call that was made between the parties. However, the Ethics Committee, having carefully considered the position, uh, ordered a Regulation 26-1 investigation, which subsequently then revealed that there were these 49 instances of telephone calls emanating between the regional magistrate as well as the accused. Uh, subsequently, thereupon, the Magistrates Commission then, you will see honorable members, has prepared a chart sheet. Um, and in terms of uh, Section 133A of the Act, the Minister on the advice of the Magistrates Commission may provisionally suspend a magistrate from office. Uh, we, of the view that we've given the magistrate a reasonable opportunity to be heard regarding the desirability of such provisional suspension. And the Commission was satisfied, or is satisfied, that reliable evidence exists indicating that an allegation against a magistrate is of such a serious nature as to make it inappropriate for the magistrate to perform the functions of a judicial officer while the allegation is being investigated. To that extent, honorable members, you will see in the documents that have been provided to you, the draft chart sheet. You will also see that the honorable minister on the 9th of May, 2020, under his hand at Pretoria, has decided to provisionally suspend Mr. Altim Kansi from the office of the magistrate. The evidence that the Magistrates Commission has, uh, prima facie, is indicative of uh, serious transgression on the part of Mr. Altim Kansi. The only aspect that we will perhaps ask, you will observe from the documents of record, is that we have not recommended that Mr. Altim Kansi be suspended from office uh, without remuneration. So we've not asked that he be suspended without remuneration, and we accordingly um, present this report for consideration by Parliament in terms of Section 13.3b, which, which requires the Magistrates Commission to table this report within a period of seven days after the commencement of the session or the commencement of the next ensuing session of Parliament. So our request today is respectfully to ask Parliament to pass a resolution uh, to pass a resolution as to whether or not the provisional suspension of the magistrate is confirmed. And we respectfully request that on the available evidence before the before Parliament that it would be appropriate for Parliament to pass a resolution that the magistrate be provisionally suspended from office. So that is that is uh, in a nutshell the briefing that we have in respect of this particular matter. Honorable members, I draw your attention briefly to the transcript of the proceedings where initially the magistrate went through a bit of a process to recuse himself. But I respectfully submit that the allegations are of such a serious nature 
that the clarion call in this particular instance will simply be for a provisional suspension for Mr. Alti Nkansi with immediate effect pending the outcome of an investigation into his fitness to hold such office. Accordingly, that will be my briefing in this particular matter. I'm not certain if Mr. Mayor would like to add anything, but we are more than happy, Honorable Chairperson, to take questions as we normally always do from the Honorable Members. Mr. Mayor, do you want to add anything? Mr. Mayor? Hello. Okay. Yes. Uh, honorable Chairperson, uh, Honorable Members, Honorable DM, I just want to confirm that uh, all time frames in respect of the Act has, has been complied with, have been complied with in presenting this report timelessly and have it been have it tabled in Parliament um, within the time frames set out in the Act. Okay, thank you. Uh, on members, uh, Mr. Mayor, if you can mute your mic, please. <coughs> Thank you. Um, on members, uh, are there any any questions that you'd like to raise? I have noted, uh, Honorable Jankies. Is there any other member that would want to to raise a question? Nita. Honorable Nita, uh, Zanda Mela. Okay, Honorable Zanda Mela. Honorable Glennis, do you want to speak? Mola. 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 Todovu. Okay, Honorable Todovu. Mola. Sorry, I didn't hear the last name. Can you hear me now? Okay. Sorry, uh, I didn't like Mola, but with a male voice, I got confused. Okay. Uh, yes. Uh, yes. We, we also have Honorable Janji, who also wants to ask a question. Yes, I've got his name already. Uh, I noted him. Thank you, uh, Mr. Romano. Uh, all members, is that all? Because I'm not going to take a second round of questions. We'll only do follow-ups. Okay. So, um, all members, uh, I've noted Honorable Jankies, Honorable Nita, Honorable Zandamela, uh, Honorable Glennis, I'm not sure if you want to speak, but uh, and I suspect your surname. Okay, Hi, it's Glennis Breitenbach, and I don't have a question. Thank you. I only have, I only will support the yeah. request to suspend. Okay, no, it's fine. Thank you. Uh, Honorable Mola, Honorable Zadovu, Honorable Maseke Jele, and Honorable Mola. Okay, we'll start with uh, Honorable Jankis. Sorry, Honorable Chair, 
Can is I speak to you? Is that honorable? Who? Hendrix. Honorable Hendrix, can you mute your mic, please? You're disturbing this meeting. Okay, honorable Jankies, you may start, please. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Chair. Am I, am I audible? Yeah, very audible, but you're not thank visible. You. Thank you, but that's Chair. Okay. As long as you can hear me, that's fine. Um, I, I, I just want to raise the first thing so that we don't, we don't get this problem because we, there's a technology here that guides all of us. You raise your hand in a technology so that we don't, don't make noise and shout so and so disturb our meeting. When we do that, let's just get to the tune of it. Uh, that's a side issue. The, the real issue I want to, to raise, Chair, I want to propose that we, we support uh, the, the recommendation for the provisional suspension of Magistrate Mukanji pending the, a, a, a further investigation. I want to concretely uh, make that uh, proposal, Chair. Um, having said that, there's something I want to raise uh, with the chair of the ethics committee, Mr. Musa, and, uh, and, and, and his team. The last time we dealt with the matter of magistrate suspension, uh, I think in, in March or February, we did uh, raise a concern about some systemic, systemic issues in, in, in the magistracy better in the ethics committee, and we, we have asked them to come back to us for, for a further detailed presentation. We're not happy about some of the procedures and processes. And, and, and I would like to remind them that we're still waiting for that kind of a fuller presentation. It is also very clear, much as I support this, the, the ethics division initially dropped the ball, if you listen to them that they initially dropped the, the, the case on the basis that there was only one uh, phone call. And, and it's those kind of things where they then put to question the, this method of investigation. So do they, it means they only act if there's about 40 cases. So if it was two, it's likely to be dropped. So I, I am very concerned about that initial dropping of that case on the basis that there was just one call. I completely don't accept that because it's a poor standard that they are setting in terms of investigation. So those are going to be my two points on the presentation. I need, I want to raise the last point, uh, if you permit me, to the Deputy Minister and Mr. Mohammed, who is here for the Magistrate Commission, in relation to a, a COVID-related matter in the courts in the Western case. I want him to just respond and either confirm these issues and indicate what actions have been taken. I want to draw the attention of the Deputy Minister that as we speak today, in the Western Cape, the epicenter of the COVID-19 in South Africa, uh, I have come across reports that there are about 15 courts where magistrates or interpreters have tested positive. And I just want him to, and I'll list for him, very slowly. It's Friedenberg in the West Coast. It's Goodwood in Cape Town. It's Bishop Leibniz in Cape Town. It's Blue Downs, a senior magistrate in Blue Downs. It's Cape Town Court. It's Pal in the Cape Islands. It's, it's Friedendal. It's Picketberg. It's Athlone. It's Fazeka. It's Stellenbosch. 
it's Kailicha, it's Filippi, Worcester. These have happened in the last three days. And the last one is Sierras. I would want him to take this up with the Department of Labor because two weeks ago, that opportunity contaminated and nothing is happening there. Thank you very much. Thank you, Honorable Jankis. Honorable uh, Nita? Honorable Nita? Thank you very much, Chair. Chair, thank you. Thank you again. What I would like to say, Chair, the report is quite straightforward and the trans transgressions are very serious, Chair. I was also raising my hand, Chair, to support the suspension, Chairperson. Thank you very much. Thank you, uh, Honorable Zandamela. Honorable Zandamela. No. No, thank you. Thank you, uh, Chair Percy. Now, this, uh, this is an uh, unethical conduct from, from the magistrate chair. And obviously, this is an uh, act of corruption. I'm, 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 I'm actually having a serious problem, uh, Chair, when uh, corrupt individuals must be suspended with full salary. I don't know how did the commission come to that, but I would like uh, the deputy minister, please, to to just uh, since there's enough evidence, and then uh, uh, if you can maybe indicate how long will the, the whole issue uh, drag? You know, since there's evidence, there's everything, and uh, they can't just keep people on, on the payroll, corrupt people on the on the payroll. If you can just perhaps indicate how long is the matter going to take? Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Zandamela. Honorable Mola. Thank you, Chairperson. And thank you for the report. Uh, Chairperson, I support the suspension of Mr. El Mukansi pending a further investigation. And I want to raise this to the Ethics Committee's decision. It's unacceptable, Chairperson, if they can make a decision without a thorough investigation. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you. Honorable Dadovu. Thank, thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chair. I think I concur that the report is straightforward and it is quite clear that the Commission has followed all the necessary processes to arrive at the point where they suspend the magistrate. But of what is concerned to me, or let me put it as a question, if there is criminal act on the part of a suspect or a person suspended. At what point uh, does the magistrate commission refer this matter to the relevant authorities for the institution of criminal proceedings against that particular suspect? Would they wait for the, post, the disciplinary process to be finalized or this particular processes must run concurrently because I support the fact that if there is any criminal liability, they must run concurrently uh, in, in that respect. And I want to check whether have they gone that far to ensure that they prosecute this particular person uh, criminally as well. Thank you very much. Thank you, Honorable Dodovo. Honorable Mr. Jele. Thank, thank you, Chairperson. Yes, uh, me too. I support the, the suspension, Chairperson. But also, uh, in addition to that, 
I just want to. Sorry, there's. Yes, there is. Okay, let me just. I'll be very short. I'll be very very short, Chairperson. I just want you to find out. In fact, I, I, I want to to reiterate what the advocate Batoy said uh, in response to the questions what were, which we were having. I know that you were not there, and even the ethics, uh, the the commission was not there. But the he she said uh, something like even oh I I won't be able to quote her her uh, uh, words uh, word by word. But she said maybe it is the high time that uh, also uh, it is subjected to the same uh, inquiry like we have in Zondo Commission, because it's not only this case, uh, Chairperson. There are so many cases that are coming from the magistrates. Uh, the commission will attest to that, and also the prosecutors. So it seems as if there is a lot happening in that area. And that is the area that we want to keep clean. We want to make sure that we don't have such, because, you know, if we're having such, indeed, this is denting their independence and impartiality. I want to reiterate that. Can the commission com uh, comment on that? Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Matt. Honorable uh, Ngola. Hey, thank you, Chair. I am, I am uh, covered, uh, and uh, I must register that I support the suspension. Thank you. Okay, thank you, thank you, honourable members. Um, let me then hand over to the um, commission and the deputy so, minister. So, sorry, chairperson. Sorry, please. Just one thing that I thought would be raised here, which has not been raised. Okay, hold on, Arnold Goya. I hear somebody else speaking. Who is that? It's me, Chairperson. My hand was up. Mohammed. Uh, oh, okay. Sorry, Arnold Mohammed. I'm seeing your hand only now. Thank you. I think uh, we'll start with Arnold Goya and then Honorable Mohammed. Arnold Goya. Yeah. <clears throat> Thank you very much, Chair. Uh, the matter that I want to raise, Chair, is this thing, and I think it's it's a message that we must send across the public sector, that when a person has offended and gets suspended with full benefits, well, upon being found guilty, government needs to retrieve the money that they've paid that person for the period that the person was suspended with pay. I think that's a matter that we must take up seriously because people commit these offenses knowing for a fact that I am going to be suspended with my salary for a particular period of time. And in that period of time, they look for alternatives because they know that they've committed this, this crime. So I think that's, and it should start now, that uh, upon being found guilty, this particular person will have on being paid out, the Department of Justice will need to take what is due to them in terms of what they paid him during his period of suspension. So I think that should be the matter, Chair, that we need to, 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 to look at. Uh, we understand that you would suspend a person because 
you don't want to uh, be seen to be preempting the outcome of the of the investigation. But that money shouldn't just be money that is lost. Thank you very much, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Honorable Mohammed. Honorable Mohammed. Person, thank you very much. I just wanted to also record as the ANC, the African National Congress, we support the recommendation for the suspension of this magistrate. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, I think before Deputy Minister and the uh, the Advocate Musa or Mr. Mayor responds, um, maybe let me just clarify procedure once again, uh, as I indicated earlier, that uh, we would re be receiving uh, briefings today and uh, yeah, but but in terms of uh, decisions uh, in relation to the two committees, we'll be dealing with those in our two independent meetings on Friday, so that uh, members are comfortable with with the procedure. Uh, let let me hand over to to the to deputy minister or to let me hand over to the commission first, deputy minister. I think you 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 can also respond after the commission does. Um, advocate. Musa, if I can hand over to you. Yes, thank you, Honorable Chair. Um, I think in respect of the first question that was raised, in respect of the further detailed presentation that the Magistrates Commission needed to make to Parliament, you will note from the last time that we were before Parliament during February 2020, uh, certain events have overtaken us, namely that the COVID-19 pandemic has come along that has now affected us to come before the committee to make the presentation. But I want to give the honorable members of the committee the, the, the understanding that we would, we would definitely be making the presentation uh, as soon as is practically possible in respect of that particular uh, aspect that they've raised. The question that was raised is why did the ethics division uh, not recommend that this particular magistrate or steps be taken against the magistrate and recommend that on one count uh, that no further steps should be taken. Um, I want to just perhaps maybe um, share with the committee that the two structures that operate in the magistrate's commission vis-a-vis -vis the ethics division and the ethics committee are separate, two separate structures that complement and supplement each other, but are independent of each other. So when the when the report came, at the time when the report was made to the ethics committee by the division, at that point in time, on the available evidence as it was presented uh, at that point in time, uh, the evidence did not point to uh, an element of transgression on the part of the magistrate. However, when the matter came before the ethics committee, having carefully deliberated on the matter with my committee, we were of the view that in the circumstances, the allegations were of such a nature that independently, we could in fact request a regulation 26-1 investigation. And subsequent to that investigation, we then became privy to the information that, uh, that was presented to us. In respect of the, the, the question relating to the suspension with full pay, and how long the process will take. Perhaps I'm going to then hand over that particular question to Mr. Mayor, who will be able to assist the committee in relation to the suspension with the full pay 
and how long the process would take. Mr. Chair. Honorable, okay, Mr. Mayor. Honorable Chairperson. Yes. Please go ahead. Mr. Mayor, you've muted yourself. Can you unmute? Sorry. Um, uh, Honorable Chairperson, with regard to the first question, um, the the ethics division received a complaint, a once-off complaint for one call in respect of Mr. McKenzie and the accused, and on the view uh, of that it's only one count, uh, and his explanation that it may have been um, uh, the, the concern, uh, yeah, that a, a, conversa a telephonic conversation took place maybe between the accused and one of his family members. Based on that, on only one occasion, the ethics division was at the view that there is no sufficient um, um, evidence to charge him with misconduct. But like, like what uh, Advocate Musa explained, and, and which is in the report, the, uh, the, there was another investigation uh, unrelated to this specific case where the accused was before uh, Mr. Mukansi. And in that matter, the police investigated it and then it, um, then we were advised that there were 48 other counts. And that's when the matter was before the ethics committee and the ethics committee considered and uh, the matter and um, resolved to conduct a preliminary investigation. And then based on a preliminary investigation, the commission or the committee and the commission uh, charged him with misconduct. So I just want to clarify that. Um, with regard to the um, withholding of moderation, Chairperson, um, the, the commission is of the view that once you once you withhold remuneration, uh, it, it must also pass constitutional muster, and it's only rare, in really very very rare cases, and exceptional cases, that the commission would um, determine to withhold remuneration when a person is provisionally office. Hello. My apologies to interject, but there is some noise in the background. There's an 021 number who is part of this meeting. Uh, I don't know who this person is. Uh, and can I get the uh, the admin staff and or the IT staff to deal with this number to mute it or remove it? Uh, yeah. Thank you, uh, Mr. Mayor. Please continue. And there's a bed at the back. I think you must just deal with the bed that is screaming at the back. <laughs> 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 on a lighten, Mr. Mayor, please continue. The cheapest birds are not not hardy does. Now, with regard to the to withholding, it's uh, the Van Rooyen case, um, and the the Constitutional Court said really that it's only in exceptional circumstances that we should withhold remuneration uh, when um, uh, a a provision suspended from office. It's a it's a it's a different scenario when the commission when he's found guilty already of misconduct, and 
the, the minister suspended him from office on the uh, advice of the commission. Uh, and then uh, and then that um, the report will be tabled in parliament to remove him from office. That's a different scenario because then we can say, well, pending parliament's decision to um, to to pass a resolution not to restore the particular measure from office, uh, it would be justified to withhold his remuneration. So in this instance, I think it's premature to to think uh, and and to, to to for the commission to determine to withhold remuneration at this stage. I mean, he's not been found guilty yet. Um, the the investigation, preliminary investigation, has been done. So um, he has been charged. So it's now for the disciplinary inquiry to proceed and commence. Uh, this depends on. Can I just link it to uh, the question where how long it will take? It depends on on uh, of course the current situation. Uh, we cannot commence with misconduct inquiries at the moment, but as soon as um, as the as the lockdown has been uh, to such an extent downgraded to to a level. If we can continue with misconduct inquiries, we will proceed with the misconduct inquiry as soon as possible. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, uh, Deputy Minister. Uh, Chair? Chair? I, I don't know who's speaking. It's your Chair, Chair. Oh, Honorable Coach. Yes. Maybe, uh, yeah, let, let me take you because I see there's some issues raised by Honorable Jankies and I'm not part of the PC committee, so I don't have a background on the matter. But yeah, please, please. Uh, yes, can members who are driving uh, switch off their cameras? Okay. Can I assist you, Chair? It's, it's NCOP members, uh, Honorable Sheikh, who are driving. Can they switch off their cameras? The honorable the devil and honorable members, let me not single out honorable the devil. Honorable members, can you switch off your cameras and switch off your mics, especially those who are driving, because it does interfere with the with the signal and it affects all of us. Thank you, honorable Maganish. Uh, yeah, no, okay, uh, deputy minister, if if you can continue. Uh, thanks, thanks, Chair. And yeah, I also too. Uh, maybe it's a National Assembly thing, uh, but I was watching uh, Honourable Dodovo. I don't know if you realised when you were driving, your your phone was. We were watching the trees that were going that you were driving past. Um, uh, but but look, just firstly on the uh, the suspensions issue, just to reiterate that. Uh, magistrates are judicial officers like judges, and so for judicial independence, uh, the minister has a very little uh, say over over disciplinary matters with them. It's handled by the commission as it's handled by the JSC. So the minister can't suspend a magistrate. It needs to be the commission that that uh, that does that. A minister can't decide to suspend the salary. Um, and it, it's, it's all basically handled by the, uh, the commission uh, from a fairness point of view. Uh, the Van Royen judgment uh, did say that, that uh, salaries can be um, suspended and when they are, they, and if the person is found not guilty, they must be paid back. I, I'm not sure, I, I think it was um, 
I, I think it was Honourable Oya, or it might have been Honourable Zandamela, uh, um, raising about, uh, um, uh, you know, if they're found guilty, they must pay back the salary. I, I don't think that would work in terms in terms of labour law. Um, but as I said, the Van Rooyen judgment said it can be suspended. It's only suspended. The salary is only suspended in extreme cases. Um, uh, uh, more recently, the Constitutional Court in the um, uh, NDPP matter, Sean Abrahams, had said that a, uh, a suspension, no, sorry, not, not Sean Abrahams, the, um, the previous uh, NDPP uh, had said that um, the NDPP couldn't be suspended um, without a salary. So I'm not sure if the court would re-look at that that issue now, but uh, those are the problems. The challenge is, is and, and I myself and the, the commission know this, uh, are one of the people who complain a lot about how long it takes uh, for matters to be uh, finalised. Um, I don't know if it was answered, uh, um, I think it was Honourable Zandamela's question, uh, that that um, the investigations do run concurrently. Um, sometimes the commission is asked to uh, not proceed with a matter pending the criminal matter investigation, um, which I think is problematic because uh, the other aspect is that a finding of guilt in a criminal matter, there's a different onus, a different test. It's a more strict test uh, for a criminal matter of, of that you are guilty beyond reasonable doubt. Whereas in a civil matter, which would be um, a, a disciplinary matter, it's a balance of probabilities where you weigh up and you, you see which side the scales tilt in. So it's possible to be acquitted, found not, uh, not guilty in a criminal matter and still be uh, convicted in a, um, in a labor matter, a disciplinary matter. Um, then just on, on uh, but, but just to stress, uh, magistrates are not public servants, so uh, it's, it's the same rules really that, that apply to judges, except it's handled by the Magistrates Commission, not by the, uh, uh, not by the, the Judicial Services Commission. On Honourable Jainkees' question, um, the information that I've, I've got uh, is that, um, look, I, I, I battled to get hold of the, the regional head who only came back to me um, now and who's meant to be emailing something which hasn't come yet, but I checked with the two chief magistrates. Uh, it's, it's uh, as far as magistrates that are uh, the tested positive, um, it seems it's only one uh, in the whole of the Western Cape. Um, and then as far as courts that are affected, yes, uh, Kailicha is one of them, uh, where I think it was a clerk uh, tested positive, and the court is, is, is currently um, not functional, um, uh, and will probably only be functional again from Monday because of, of, uh, um, of, of sanitization and, and, and things. Um, Athlone, I'm told, I don't know if that was on your list, I don't see it, that was a scare. Fazeka is, um, uh, is, is actually uh, being sanitized and I think also uh, closed. Um, uh, and Philippi, 
um, there's an allegation of a staff member um, uh, is is positive, and if that's confirmed, that'll be sanitized uh, tomorrow. Um, and then in in the other cluster, it's it's Paro uh, that that uh, um, that that sorry, just checking. It, it's paro that is is um, a court orderly tested positive in paro in a, in the municipal court. Uh, that's apparently separate from the main court uh, building. So it's just the municipal court that was affected. Um, however, I mean Western Cape is the epicenter, so there are a number of 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 cases. It could be. Uh, orderlies who are actually South African police service members, uh, which occurred in, in the Cape Town Magistrates Court. Uh, it could be, um, I know that, that Paul was a, I think, a staff member. Um, Stellenbosch, I think, was a, uh, um, was an, a waiting trial inmate. Uh, but yes, there are, are cases and the department is working out a protocol which is meant to be um, discussed with all the stakeholders uh, as to what should happen when when somebody tests uh, positive. Uh, the situation I'm told in the Kailicha court is that um, legal aid officials are not wanting to enter the court unless the whole court is is sanitized, not just the area that the um, that the clerk was was in. And then it is also affecting uh, other areas. So in Kauteng, uh, Cliptown. Um, uh, I, I was had a matter reported today. I've just had a message from um, the Chief Magistrate of Port Elizabeth that um, an official in her court is affected. I, I got a message two days ago from the Chief Magistrate of Peter Maritzburg that a clerk had tested positive. So it is particularly more prevalent, obviously, in the areas that, uh, um, that uh, uh, where COVID is more prevalent. And it then does cause significant disruptions, obviously, as to when a person is is found to be positive. I think in the case of of Kailicha, um, the one of the complications was that the test, um, the person was tested some time ago, and the results took some time to come out. Uh, so I, I don't know if that is that that's a bit ad hoc. Uh, um, uh, we are trying to get better systems in place so that there's more information on our website as to uh, where which courts are affected. I, we need to look at the uh, privacy issues around do we say uh, it's an interpreter or a clerk or a magistrate or, or whoever. Uh, those are things we still need to look at. Uh, but I hope that suffices for, for now. Thank you, uh, Deputy Minister. Um, Honourable Members, um, I see I, I I didn't note Honourable Hendricks. Uh, it seems that he wanted to ask a question, but I thought he had left his mic on by mistake. So we will I'll note him now. But Honourable uh, Members, are there any follow up questions that uh, you have? If you could please uh, give an indication, or must. Honorable Masegejele, is that yeah, you? I still have, I'm still waiting for my comment from the uh, committee. Yes, the commission. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, okay. There's your comment, and then there's uh, maybe. Uh, is there any member who wants to ask a follow-up question? 
Yes, I indicated technologically. Who's it? Honorable Jankies. Yes. Honorable Jankies. Any other member? No. Okay. If there's no other member, then uh, we'll take uh, Honorable Hendricks uh, to ask his question, seeing that I missed him. Uh, and then followed, uh, Honorable Jankies will follow. And Honorable Maseke Jelly's question still remains unanswered. Honorable Hendricks? Honorable Hendricks? Honorable Hendricks, are you still with us? Oh, okay. Okay, let me take Honorable Jankies, uh, seeing that I can't get hold of Honorable Hendricks. Thank you, Chair. Yes, Chair, I'm here. It's just two quick ones. Just just to appreciate a response from the Magistrate Commission and indicate that we're looking forward to them to come back to us about the full presentation. I appreciate that. Uh, the second one also to, 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 to thank the Deputy Minister for the response uh, on those COVID-related matters but to ask him to please make a follow-up about protocols being followed. That's all I think we need at this stage. Cape Town is an epicenter. People must just be able to follow protocols immediately. We understand the test situation because it's a national blockage. That is the time lag it takes. It's long. That one is understandable. But all others, I think it's going to be important that uh, uh, every court follows those protocols to the T. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Jankies. Uh, Honorable Hendricks, are you still with us? Do you still have a question you'd like to ask? Okay, I, I'm not sure if you're still uh, in this meeting. Uh, maybe the our committee secretaries could give an indication. But uh, thank you, Honorable Members, for those questions. Uh, Honorable Deputy Minister, let me hand over to you. Yeah, I, I think that um, I think that that uh, um, Advocate Musa needs to respond to Advocate Maseko Jale's question, or she can remind him if 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 if, um, uh, if he missed it. I, I just wanted to say uh, in response, sorry to to um, uh, to to uh, Honourable Jankies' uh, uh, response. Uh, that yeah no thanks thanks for that um, we'll push the department harder for for working out a protocol because uh, often there is I mean the result of this in in um, in in Kailicha is that it's closed till till Monday uh, because there isn't agreement over over what needs to be sanitized so we need to work this all up in out in advance. But maybe just let me say that one of the problems with this disease is that it does false positives. So we did have a magistrate who unfortunately was doing some training. So he was in contact with other magistrates and um, he tested a positive. Uh, he needed the test for something else. And um, uh, magistrates had to be quarantined that he'd come into contact with. And then he had two, he had showed no indication of, of the illness uh, and he then, uh, his two subsequent tests were, were negative. So I understand there are 
both false positives and false negatives, uh, which complicates matters more because once you obviously get a positive test, you have to uh, react. So, but but we will try and get more um, systematic uh, information uh, on a regular basis and put it out on our website. Thank you, uh, Advocate Musa. Yes, Honorable Chair. Um, can I just perhaps maybe reminded of the question that was put forward by Honorable Jale? I think it was in relation to the comments that were made by Ms. Patoy, but if you can just perhaps uh, refresh my memory, I'll highly appreciate it, Honorable Jale. Honorable Masege Jale, if you could uh, perhaps give more context Thank to your you. question. The comment this, that, uh, that was made by uh, Advocate Batoy, after we asked a question in relation to such issues like this one that we have today, of uh, 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 having our officials, justice officials, uh, engaging themselves in corruption like this. And the concern was that we want to clean the, the we want a clean justice uh, system. And then uh, he, she commented and said, maybe we, 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 we can have a parallel. We can have, are you still with me? A parallel, we are you. Uh, yes, just like, like uh, in the Zondo Commission inquiry. What is the view of the, uh, uh, the commission after they have experienced? I think this is not the only issue. There are so many issues that has been coming to the, uh, before them of this nature. So uh, can I can I have their comment in relation to that comment that has been made by uh, uh, Advocate Batoui? Yes, thank, thank you. you. It looks like the, the, the comment is much clearer to me. Um, I duly take cognizance and note of the comments made by the Honorable Member and the comments made by Advocate Batoui on behalf of the NDPP. Um, I don't believe that the Magistrates Commission uh, would be averse to considering a parallel process like the Zondo Commission, but I just want to indicate that one, uh, the, the, the process would require, obviously, the Magistrates Commission to deliberate in respect of this particular, uh, particular aspect, but the allegations of corruption that normally emanate against judicial officers are dealt with in misconduct inquiries. So to have a commission of inquiry, um, I really wouldn't be able to understand unless you have maybe 50 or 60 or 70 or 80 allegations uh, of corruption against the members of the lower judiciary for one to then have a commission of inquiry. But these are allegations that come up on an ad hoc basis, and therefore we have a misconduct inquiry against them. But it's it's a comment that I obviously will will take back to the uh, full commission, uh, and for us to in fact deliberate. And I'm certain that perhaps when we meet on the next occasion, we would be able to maybe share additional information relating to the specific aspect that was raised. Okay, thank you, uh, Advocate thank Musa. You, thank, you. thank you. Thank you, Honourable Members. Okay, uh, yeah, thank you, Honourable Members. Uh, thank you, 
Deputy Minister Advocate Musa and Mr. Mayor for your for your responses. Uh, on members, I think we've uh, exhausted our engagement in terms of this report. Um, perhaps I should I can ask the chair, my co-chair, Anul um, Magonish, if there's anything you'd like to add. No, thank you, thank you, chair. I'm covered. Thank you, Anul uh, Magonish. All uh, members, I think as I've indicated uh, twice now, that. Um, in terms of the two matters uh, that have been presented today, both committees uh, will uh, deliberate further and take relevant decisions uh, when they meet in, within their own committees on Friday. Uh, that being said, uh, honorable members, let me thank all of you. Uh, thank the Deputy Minister, uh, the members from the Commission, uh, as well as uh, yeah, officials from the Department uh, for your engagements today uh, and let me declare this meeting closed i hope it will give sufficient time to members of the NBA to also go and join the meeting once again thank you honorable members and i'm declaring this session closed thank you thank you thank, thank you chair thank you chair. Bye, thank you, chair. Chair.